Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 237. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Hello, Hover, and ExpressVPN. I'm Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by Mr. Federico Vatici. Hi. Uh, I thought Mike was going to be introduced first. Yeah, like, what What number is 237 divisible by, huh? Not two. Like, you made us agree to these rules, and now I feel bad for Michael, because this was... I was getting ready for my triumphant statement of like, <laughs> ha it is finally an odd episode, so I'm back at number one. And then you just yanked the rug out from underneath You ruined everything. This is why you created this rule in the first I place. Know. It was an honest this error. The I'm sorry. Such I'm anger. sorry. It's right there in the document at the very top in Comic <laughs> Sans. What more do you taking want? Taking away the only thing he cares about, which is the odd number. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike. Well, well, hi, Steven. Hey, buddy. Hi. Mike's here too, and he seems upset. Nah. So, nah, I'm out of here. You'll get to go first again in two weeks. Well, that's a lot good, isn't it? Probably. Okay, so we have a lot of things to talk about, but up first, a reminder that we still have a very few tickets left for our WBDC show, uh, Wednesday, June 5th in San Jose. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, There's some seats left in the balcony. Mike has been tweeting a picture that we took from the balcony last year that I think will be in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome seats up there. And uh, so please, uh, we'd love everybody to go check those out. Like I said, just a few left. I expect them to be gone real soon. Don't wait on this. Get a ticket. Otherwise, you'll regret it um, mm-hmm. because it's going to be a great show and everyone's going to talk about how great the show was and how entertaining and fun it was. And you would be like, oh, man, if only I would have bought that ticket. Well, you can buy that ticket. You can buy it right now. This is Mike from the future telling you to go buy a ticket. Mike from the future, can I ask you other questions? <laughs> yes. Is air power out? No. Okay. <laughs> Never will be. We'll talk about that later he on. He is from Mike the future. All right, we have some follow-up, but we have to start, as all tech podcasts do, with some Shakespeare. So, Mike, do you want to take this? Yeah, so we had a bunch of people write in uh, to tell us about the Rosencrantz reference and why that came up with the heads and tails when we were doing our incredibly dramatic coin flipping in the last episode. Some would say the most dramatic thing to ever happen on our show, and I would say that they were right. So David wrote in to say the Rosencrantz reference from Ciri is only indirectly from Shakespeare. It is directly from Tom Stoppard's play Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead, which gets its title from the line in Hamlet, uh, um, in the play, one of the characters, which one is Rosencrantz and which one is Guildenstern, is left unresolved, possibly spoilers, uh, gets heads every time he tosses a coin. So I am assuming, because mm-hmm. I was thinking, why did Stephen ask me to uh, to do this follow-up? And I am assuming it's because you didn't want to say the names. That is true. But also it felt yeah. like you're in London. It seemed like the right thing to do. But yeah, I was going to butcher but, all those but, names. But, but it's... Okay. Also, sure. you ruined Hamlet for people, so you have to live with that. No, it's didn't ruin Hamlet. It's oh, this is the the secondary play, the adaptation. Okay, I blacked out there for a minute. So yeah, that's behind us. I also uh, just wanted to note that you said that I'm in the UK. Hamlet wasn't based in the UK. Hamlet was actually. But the Globe is like Denmark. across. This is right there in London. Like yeah. Whatever. You guys seem to know a lot about theaters. And I know I, nothing well, about okay. theaters. <laughs> I, am, I am an English boy. I know a lot about Shakespeare because we learn a lot about Shakespeare uh, mm. when, we're, when we study English. Plus, I right. took English, like extra English, like I did a lot of English. So Hamlet would be the thing with the skull and to be uh, or not to be, right? Yeah, that's it. That's Hamlet, yeah. Cool. 
Okay. Okay. Federico, you have had a banner week on Twitter. Just mm. incredible. Tell, tell us what's going on. Well, I, I guess the highlight would be that I download blog <laughs> called me out. <laughs> because, that was my because... personal highlight. You're being you're being attacked. You're being personally attacked by I download blog. <laughs> no, I mean this is kind of awesome. They did an article about um, tips for uh, dealing with multiple Apple watches, and they their um, their tweet says living the multi watch lifestyle like Vitici, and they mentioned me <laughs> via their Twitter account. They have uh, you know a hundred and fifty five seven thousand followers, so that's fine. Um, but yeah, they had this article about um, how to deal with the auto switch setting. Mm-hmm. um in the watch app and here's what i'm gonna say um the it, it tends to work pretty well i had no idea that this setting so, existed yeah so you once you pair multiple apple watches you gain you gain this ability to tap on the watch and uh, enable the auto switch <laughs> setting or there's something um, so funny about that right that like once you have arisen to the point where you can afford to buy more than one Apple Watch. You, what on earth? New setting options. <laughs> You've just ascended to a new level of capitalism. Congratulations. Um, what I noticed, though, is that it gets uh, slightly annoying where we all know, right, that updating the software of the Apple Watch is a pain. Now, imagine it's when you're dealing with multiple Apple Watches. So what mm. happens here is that here's, the, here's a, where it gets kind of tricky. When you need to update the Apple Watch, at some point, your iPhone will say you need to put your Apple Watch on the charger, and it has to it has to have at least fifty percent of battery left. But if I put my watch on the charger, I instinctively put the second Apple Watch on my wrist. But if auto switch is enabled, software update pauses because then oh. I'm not wearing that Wait. first watch anymore. So what I need to do is, before I take the watch off, the first one, I need to go into the settings and disable auto-switch so that when I put the first watch on the charger, it still looks like my, it's still, my iPhone is still paired to that watch. Oh. So every time I need to update, I need to remember to disable auto-switch. Otherwise, if I put the watch on the charger and I wear the second Apple Watch, the software update process will pause. So that's my teaching tip for the many, many people who wear multiple Apple Watches who also uh-huh. listen to Connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Including my buddy Tim Cook, because now we're friends. You officially. are friends now. Um, uh, what, what happened? Tim, Tim was, he slid into your you DMs, know. right? Is that what happened? Yes, that's a, yeah. We were chatting about multiple <laughs> Apple Watches. No, basically, what happened is um, last week. Yeah, last week, um, WatchOS five point two came out, and I was just chilling. Uh, you know, it came out. It was like eleven p.m., and I didn't want to get. I was in bed and watching TV with Sylvia, and I didn't want to get up and and report on the news. So I was like, Ryan, when you wake up tomorrow morning, you can write about it. There's no rush. Um, just you know, do some kind of overview. 
of the being duties. a kind boss, basically. Yeah, it's like yeah. John was not available because he traveled for like five months, and I, Ryan was also not available. I was like, right about it tomorrow, it's fine. But then I thought, you know what? I'm gonna share some hot takes on Twitter, and because I genuinely believe, like every good blogger does, exactly. So I was like, I can compensate for the lack of content on my website by sharing tweets instead, uh, and I. I think I sent like a couple of tweets about, you know, because I, I, I've talked about this before, the ECG stuff on the Apple Watch, I truly think it's a transformative thing to to give to people for free in a watch. And I shared this positive tweet about it. And, and that was it. And I woke up the next day, had my breakfast. And at some point, I, at a very specific moment, I started receiving all kinds of messages. Uh, because Tim Cook uh, retweeted with a comment. So he quote tweeted my tweet saying, thanks Federico, exclamation point. Um, we are thrilled that our new heart health features are now available in Europe and Hong Kong. And that was pretty awesome because, I mean, it would have been awesome if it just um, quote tweeted my tweet, but to have thanks Federico, that's like the additional touch that makes it extremely nice. One of those things, he had to like check he spelled it right. Exactly. Ex- that's, ex- <laughs> that's exactly. Can you imagine, Tichi, if he would have called you Frederico? Can you <laughs> ex- imagine like <laughs> the level of like excitement to absolute devastating heartbreak? Like the roller coaster that you would have gone on if he would have done that? Hold on, because there is pre- a precedent to this. Uh, let me pull in here my Evernote account. Oh. My, good, my good memories notebook. Oh, do you want to work chat? I can work chat with you real quick. No, no. I have a notebook called Good Memories. Good where memories. I it feels like this might not be as good a memory as the book. It is a good memory, be. but it's the exact uh, example that you were referring to. A few years ago, when I wrote my life after cancer story, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. got tweeted by Phil Schiller, but he misspelled my last name. And so he wrote Federico, but he wrote Vittici. Uh, he wrote V-I-T-T-I-C-I. And, uh, oh, like, I've done that, though. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and, I mean, Gruber did that a bunch of times as well. Um, it's, I guess, the American spelling that comes more natural to English-speaking people. I don't know. But, um, yes, uh, at least Tim Cook, uh, well, you know, he used my name, but he... He checked and he actually used the right spelling. So that was pretty awesome. I was very excited about that. Um, I, I like the fact that a bunch of people sent me congratulations. Like, oh, looks like you made it. Like, I thought that was kind of funny. Like, um, I don't know what kind of idea of success people have in terms of making it. Um, I think it's awesome. I wouldn't say that I made it because I, I got tweeted by Tim Cook. You know, uh, but it's. I think it's still a. It's still a pretty awesome thing that happened. So uh, that was very nice. I feel like in our little, um, in our sphere, or like in amongst your peer group, one of that is one of the as people who write about Apple, the CEO of Apple, to tweet about something that you did is like, or like to just acknowledge you to you know, to give. Well, you did have that like magical hug with him that one time. Yeah, I guess. So, I, I guess. Know. Yeah, I guess it. It doesn't. I mean, it was awesome, but it's, you know, I wrote about this um, four years ago. I actually, I have spoken to Tim Cook personally. So it's like being retweeted. <laughs> it's like, that's, it's pretty cool. But like, 
I mean, it's but come on, it's nothing like having a conversation with the guy. Yes, am I right? Exactly, exactly. So, um, but still, pretty awesome, and I was very happy, especially because it was such a positive message. I, I, I like that it was, you know, of all the things, even if it was not a Max Stories article that got shared by Tim Cook, I think the fact that he shared a positive message about a health feature, um, that sort of, I think, that kind of uh, is is a good example of my of my presence online or whatever like the kind of message that fits me perfectly so I'm, I'm very happy about that yeah i tried the uh the ecg thing with Diana's watch it's really cool yeah i yeah. was really pleased that it didn't tell me that my heart was in trouble yeah so that was yeah. good news same here I took <laughs> the a first bunch. time first time i did it i didn't put it on properly and i was really worried about the animation because it was like Every now and then, like it would just fly off the scale, and I was like, "Oh God, is this what is this what That's it it. means?" I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Off we go. Done. Just done. Yeah. I've read enough of those stories by now to know that's how it begins. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you get a cool blog post out of it at the end of the day. That's worth. That's probably worth the trip to the hospital. That is true. That is true. Maybe I would have got a Tim Cook tweet that way if I if I would have had it, a it, it, it doesn't even have a blog, so you could guest post on five twelve again. It'd be fine. We spoke about uh, last, some point in the past, I don't know, about Apple Music extending to include things like concert tickets and merchandise. And it looks like maybe there's some people playing with that. Um, Federico, what, mm. what is the story about, uh, about this secret merch? Are you, are you avoiding names again? Yes. Come on, say the name. Just give what's it the, a go. I don't Come even on. know who it is. I'm not cool enough to know your fancy musicians. That's why it's more fun. <laughs> There's this very famous artist. Uh, oh, her name yeah. is Billie Eilish. No, right now she is like considered to be one she, of the most important people in music. Yes. This is no joke. Yes, literally, yes. Uh, have yes. not heard of her until this moment. Yeah, this is her debut album as well. So like, it's it is it is fine that you haven't yet heard of her until right now. Yeah, call me when it's on vinyl. You know what I'm saying? Just kidding. I bet it is. <laughs> it probably is. She did a bunch of EPs before, and she's been collaborating with Apple. Uh, she was one of the first Up Next artists on Apple Music. Yeah, you can and... buy it on vinyl, man. Sorry, you can. Uh, um, <laughs> it's the only real way and... to listen to music, am I right, Casey? <laughs> <laughs> she, she also did the song for the last Apple Christmas uh, commercial, um, the one with the, with the dog about creativity. What's it called? Um Dogativity? No, what's going on? Oh, come on. Don High That song about, you know, sharing your creative work. Anyway. Yeah. Yep. Um she's like the one of the top artists right now, and everybody's sort of paying attention to this album because of the very peculiar sound and lyrics and I mean you can search for a name online and you will see it's sort of the articles that you can find even Pitchfork was kind of positive about her Whoa. Um, yeah. Whoa. they Hold managed the to give her 7.5 which is you know for this the kind of music score in the last 20 for years. this kind of music <laughs> in Pitchfork I mean it's quite an accomplishment anyway mm-hmm. um, what I noticed uh, I was just um, uh, I saw this tweet about um, this Billie Eilish merch uh, available via Apple Music, and it was a kind of weird process in that I had to sh- I had to uh, click this link on Twitter that took me to an Apple Music page. This Apple Music page was not available on the artist profile page or by searching. I had to reach the page by following a link from Twitter or Instagram too, I guess. Um, 
And once I found this page, there was a button to... It was like a custom page that collected um, the Billie Eilish merch link and the upcoming album so that you could pre-add the album and a bunch of playlists and Beats 1 interviews. So I clicked on the merch link and it took me to this... Um, I guess it was like a branded Shopify store in Safari where you could... Um, uh, the song Thank You John Voorhees for the real-time follow-up was called Come Out and Play, uh, the Billie Eilish song from the Christmas commercial. Um, so anyway, I actually put in an order for uh, this Billie t-shirt that was designed. It was a very cool collaboration. It was designed by uh, streetwear artist Don C, and it features the artwork from uh, Takashi Murakami. He's done a bunch of really cool and colorful artwork before. Um, so... N- and the entire process was very smooth. You could use Apple Pay or you could just fill in and use your credit card. Uh, but the idea of... Now, this is a extremely uh, an extremely poor implementation in that you had to make sure that you followed Billie Eilish on Twitter. It eventually got retweeted and reshared by the Apple Music account. But still, you could not find this merch link in the profile page. Maybe that was by design because it was a limited sort of exclusive deal. But I think the idea is very interesting of Apple collaborating with artists and giving them a way to embed merchandise in their in Apple Music. Now, I could easily see how this in the future might grow in a way that maybe you never leave Apple Music to buy this merch. You don't have to open Safari, but you just use Apple Pay or your credit card right in Apple Music. Maybe you don't have to use Shopify. I guess the big problem would be that Apple would have to take care of logistics um, if the process excluded, you know, Shopify or any other service that takes care of shipping and dealing with customer support, for example. But I think it's it's fascinating that Apple is sort of opening up to that idea of maybe in Apple Music we can feature more than just songs that you can stream, but maybe we can go beyond that and offer merchandise and, I don't know, maybe concert tickets or sort of this extra content that super fans um may be interested in and get exclusively via Apple Music. I mean, they could do a partnership with a company like a Shopify or whatever, right, like to, to do this stuff. Or it, it could just be yeah. a case of just giving people the hooks to be able to set up their own platform. But it would be nice if they could do it at some point. There yeah. is a funny aside about Billie Eilish, which is that uh, Federico noted this to me. Her album has some really, really heavy bass on it, and it sounds terrible on the home part. <laughs> it sounds so bad. It like it's like it just does not work. Yeah, you need a you need a good pair of speakers or headphones to yep. not get the kind of effect that you get from from one of the songs. It's super weirdly distorted, which might be what she's going for. She's but... going for that. She's going for that effect, but it's not fully rendered. I think via the home pod. Uh, and and it's not it's not really just a problem of the HomePod. Um, I I shared this on Twitter and people have tried uh, with uh, Sonos ones, for example, um, or other speakers. Like even my car speakers, I have a JBL system inside. They cannot. This is not a song that is meant to be handled. So she she went. She and her brother, her brother Phineas, um, he actually takes care of the production and uh, you know ra- actually writing the music, but um. I think they went specifically for this effect that, that is so distorted that it's meant to blast your speakers or headphones. Mm. It's almost um, uncomfortable to listen to. It sometimes. is uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very interesting. I wonder how the iPod Hi-Fi would take it. You should give it a go. You can be the person to answer this question. <laughs> yeah. 
It's the only one way to find out. So it's up to Jason, not me. Uh, I wanted to share a little bit about the current iPads. I had to go to the Apple store yesterday to pick something up and the new iPad mini and the new iPad air were out. And I feel like a lot of people, myself included, are kind of intrigued by returning to the mini size or like Jason uh, spoke about this as well. Like if you're going to do more than one tablet, maybe the mini makes sense as the second one. And it's like, okay, let me reacquaint myself with the iPad mini. My kids have one, but it's in this giant case and, and boy, it is all bezels. Like <laughs> it looks, yeah, it looks so old. Mm. I, I, I was sort of surprised at my reaction to it. Uh, I could see a future if the iPad mini eventually gets the new design with thin bezels, it would be really nice, but it is of a previous era and, and boy, it is, it's rougher than I expected. <laughs> I don't mean to pick on it, but it really surprised me. It's it's a lot more noticeable in a smaller device than something like the iPad Air, which I mean, really looks just like a the 10.5 inch Pro or like a stretched out 9.7 inch iPad. It's a very familiar shape and size to me, at least. Having I have a 10.5 inch Pro still in the house, but the the Mini really looks like it's from a different era, and that's that's a little bit of a bummer. I wasn't particularly tempted by it as a second uh, iPad, you know, to, mm. as a reader and sort of you know walk around the house with it type thing. But I can see why people would be because there is something kind of nice about that size, but the design sort of put me off on it more than I expected. So I don't know. It just really struck me. So I wanted to share that. Have you guys uh, thought about an iPad mini? I know Federico, you, that's kind of where you started uh, with your mm. iPad lifestyle. Is that something yeah. you're tempted by? I don't think I want to spend some money just to play around with it. And I think it's just something that I need to check out at the Apple Store. So I think I'll, I'm mostly fine with my current setup of the 12.9 and the 11-inch iPad Pro. I have been purposefully avoiding the Apple Store. <laughs> so as not to walk away with one? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think that ultimately it would be something that I would think I would use more than I would use. I already have two iPads. Like mm -hmm. I think that it I, I think that it is a, a really good entrant into the like the multipad lifestyle for somebody, right? Like if you have the big one and you have the biggest one and you have the smallest one, like that might even make more sense than what I do. Mm -hmm. Um but I definitely don't need to be using three. And I wouldn't, right? Some something's gonna fall by the wayside in that situation. So yeah, yeah I've kind of stuck away from it. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think if they had had redesigned it, right? Like, imagine if it was a world that they that they kind of gave it a the pro treatment, then mm -hmm. I would already have one. I, I will say the length of the pencil being as long as the iPad is tall feels really strange. It, yeah, it's not a yeah, good feeling. That seems weird to me. That it, seems very it, weird to me. It's a little weird, but uh, it's out there, and I think people are excited by it. People who like the iPad Mini, you know, it has gotten a new lease on life. At least, at least for now. Who knows what the future holds? But it's here now, so. I also wanted to do some follow-out to Upgrade 239, as well as a Macworld article that came out today. Uh, Jason Snell has been spending time with the high-end regular iMac, and of course he has a base model iMac Pro as his daily machine, the same as I do. And he and I kind of been talking a lot about, you know, where at what point do you make the jump to the iMac Pro? 
Uh, I had some concerns about the high-end iMac that it seems like Apple may have addressed in this generation. It seems like the fan curve is gentler. You're still going to hear it a lot more than the iMac Pro, but it seems like it's better behaved, which is really good. And I think Jason kind of makes the, the uh, lays out the argument really well that the iMac is a great machine, but if you have certain types of tasks, the iMac Pro is still better, even though the iMac is or, or can be in the same class of performance for less money. A lot of pro apps that rely on a lot of multi a multi-threaded work, the iMac Pro is still going to smash that iMac uh, into the ground. So go check that out if you're looking for a new desktop. I think it's I think it's harder to choose between these two than it was, but. My my sense is that if if you're an iMac Pro person, you're gonna know that, and and your workflow will dictate it. And if you're kind of on the fence, um, go check out what what he's been writing and talking about. Uh, Mike, I was gonna ask you too. I know you've said that you're looking uh, to see what the Mac Pro is like. Does this new iMac change your uh, thinking on what your next desktop may be is your iMac, uh, you know, your iMac's got some years on it, but still running strong. Have, has this changed your outlook on that? I think maybe, I, I don't know. It might mean that I, when I, if, cause I, I've kind of been waiting for the Mac pro, right. To see what that's like before I make my final decision. But like, I figured, oh, I'll definitely get an iMac pro, but maybe mm-hmm. now I don't need that. Like mm-hmm. maybe I could just replace this iMac with another kind of like comparable iMac to the, to the one that it would be replacing. Yeah. Right? Because I, I think mine's, at the time was, was pretty close to top end, but I don't think I can... I, well, I definitely didn't max it out in all directions, but like there might be a one, like maybe one of the top of the line configs with maybe some more RAM in, and then that, pro- that would probably be enough for me. Because mm-hmm. I've not needed an iMac Pro yet, and I'm sitting with a 2015 iMac here. So... I definitely don't need an iMac Pro. And the only reason I would go to the Mac Pro is if it was, you know, there was a version of it that was I felt was was cost uh, effective for the, my use case. And also, like, because for me, it's like I then want to keep that computer for 10 years, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's that's my vision of it. But, like, to do that, then it needs to be really expandable. And we don't know what that means yet. So... Um, that's kind of that's kind of my thinking on it. Because, sure. you know, I will have... I had this machine for, like getting close to five years right by the time that 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 mac pro comes out so there's nothing to say that i couldn't then have a machine for 10 if i can change the parts in it when i need to absolutely and that that's what i'm looking forward to seeing as well of what does that upgradable and expandable what do those words mean in 2019 Mm -hmm. or 2020 like it's i don't think they're going to like release a new cheese grater I i don't think it's that but, you know, what does it mean? And something John Syracuse has talked about is like upgradability and expandability is great only if there's parts, right? So even in the cheese grater days, and pe- people are still using those and, and upgrading them, like your video cards were pretty limited in what, in what you could do. So like, can you just pop in any card as long as you can find a driver? Like all those, like the Mac Pro is going to be ma- made or broken for me in the details. And I think it's the same for you. We have a lot more to talk about keyboards, headphones, magazines, YouTube videos, air power, lots of stuff. But first, I want to tell you about our first sponsor. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Hello. Hello make insanely comfortable buckwheat pillows. I don't know if you've tried a buckwheat pillow. I hadn't until I got mine. It's 
really different from your regular fluffy pillows that you're imagining. It supports your head and neck and doesn't collapse under the weight of your head like traditional pillows. I'm sure we've all had that. We're like tossing and turning because your pillow is just slowly compressed over the course of the night. That's not going to happen with a buckwheat pillow. It stays cool and dry compared to feather or foam pillows because buckwheat tends to breathe better so you won't get all warm and humid. So no more flipping to the cool side of the pillow. It's always cool. And you can add or remove filling to suit your needs. So your pillow can be just the way you like it. So I got mine and it was a little tall. So I unzipped it and scooped a bunch of stuff into a gallon size Ziploc bag. And now it's just the way I want it. It turns out people have been sleeping on buckwheat pillows for years. They're very popular in places like Japan. And apparently they also appear on pillow menus at fancy hotels. I've never stayed in a hotel fancy enough for a pillow menu. And now that's my life goal. Like, can I just say that? Like, <laughs> I want to be in a place where like, what sort of pillow would you like tonight? And I would say buckwheat because I'm sold. The hollow pillow, like I said, it's th- the fact that a pillow could be adjustable to suit your needs was great. So I unboxed mine. I put it on the bed and laid down on it. It's like, okay, it's it's a little tall for what I want. And I could, I could just change it. You know, if, if you've bought pillows before, how it comes in the box is what you're stuck with. And Hello Pillows are different. I think that's great. They're made in the USA with quality construction and materials. The certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability, and the buckwheat is grown and milled here in the United States. So you're probably curious to try one of these things now, and you can. You can sleep on it for 60 nights, and then if Hello isn't for you, you can just send it back for a refund. Head over to HelloPillow.com right now for your own buckwheat pillow. That's HelloPillow.com. And if you buy more than one, they have a special discount of up to $20 off depending on the size you opt for. They have fast, free shipping with every order, and 1% of all their profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy, which I think is really cool. So give it a try. If you love it, you keep it. And if you don't, just send it back. Head over to HelloPillow.com now. Our thanks to Hello for their support of this show and Relay FM. Pillow menu, guys. What is that? It's not the world I live in. <laughs> well, we can find that well for you. Well, not if we spend all of our money on Logitech keyboards, which I think is the plan for Federico, maybe. Or maybe it's mm-hmm. not. I don't know. Federico, what's the deal here? Are you, gonna, are you buying um, more keyboards? I'm not buying them. I honestly hope that Logitech can send me a review unit. There it is. Um, <laughs> Um, a keyboard menu. A, you want a keyboard menu is what you want. You want to wake yeah. up and say, what keyboard do I feel like today? Exactly. Exactly. That's the kind of life that I want to have. Like your keyboard butler like, brings you the keyboard. <laughs> keyboard butler. I, I want to have a... Want, Keeves. Yeah, a Keeves. Oh, my gosh. What's oh. his name? Come on. Keeves. Not Jeeves. He's Keeves. Come on. That's our new character for the show. Keeves, the keyboard butler. But is Jeeves uh, a famous butler? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. he was in Star Wars. Jeeves and Worcester, but then also Ask Jeeves. Remember Ask Jeeves? I have no idea what you're the talking about. The search engine? You don't know Ask Jeeves? I think you mentioned this before. I, I don't know it. That's so. interesting. But yeah, just, it, okay, you have to take it that Jeeves so is it's a, a... So it's a typical butler, butler name. name. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Based upon like, a fictional character. Like Ambrogio in, Itali- in, in Italy. Exactly in like that. Yeah, exactly like that one. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. You made yeah. that up. Cool. No, I didn't. Um, anyway, Logitech has a new line of... Uh, what's the name here? 
uh, keyboard folios. Uh, are they calling them the slim folio or something? Uh, it's available in the 11-inch and 12.9-inch flavor. Uh, for both iPad Pros, uh, here's the deal. It's not a smart connector keyboard. So mm. it's a keyboard case. It's got a plastic case. You need to put your iPad into this plastic case. And you need to connect via Bluetooth. Now, Logitech says it's Bluetooth LE and the battery lasts up to three months and you can recharge it using USB-C. It also has a clever thing where it turns off and on based upon the iPad being in the case, which is quite clever. So when you put it in the keyboard mode, it will connect. And when you take it out of the keyboard mode, it'll disconnect. That's cool. Yeah. That Um, is clever. And of course, being a Logitech keyboard, this means uh, you get backlit keys, you get media keys for functions like... um, controlling playback and going back to the home screen or triggering spotlight search and tweaking the brightness of the backlight of the keyboard. You know, that's not where I thought you were going. I thought you were going to say, you know, being a Logitech keyboard, it's chunky and heavy. Oh. It's also it's ah. also that it's very chunky and heavy. It is. Uh, all right. So Logitech, they have been improving their keyboards. You know, the, the first create uh, cases for... The first iPad Pros were really bad, and we talked about those. Yeah, um, I feel like it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride for them, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the the very first one for the first iPad Pro, the keyboard was decent, but the plastic case and the stickers that you, that you got to cover the buttons, they oh, were God, terrible. Yeah. They were terrible. And then they had a second generation one that was kind of okay for the big iPad Pro, but then they did the small one that you really didn't like, Mike. And we talked about this on the show and we got a bunch of feedback. Now, this one is chunky and heavy, but it looks kind of okay. I mean, it's got a fixed viewing angle, like the Apple keyboard. I mean, the Apple keyboard at least has two angles. I think this one is just one. Uh, But it supports a bunch of modes that you don't get with the with the Apple smart, folio key, smart keyboard folio, like a typing mode for touch. Um, and it's also got this interesting magnetic clasp for the pencil. Uh, so you can actually store the pencil, but also charge it at the same time. Um, it looks fine. It's also cheaper than the smart keyboard folio. It costs uh, $120 for the 11-inch version and $130 for the bigger one. So... I don't know if, again, I don't want to buy this for myself. I would rather wait for Logitech to send me one so I can play with it and send it back. Um, Also because my girlfriend has been complaining about the number of keyboards that I've been accumulating (laughs) in our apartment. So um, (laughs) I would like to test this, uh, but uh, I don't feel like buying one myself. So uh, I think it's in, you know, I've seen Jason complain about the fact that it's a a plastic case that you need to put your iPad into. And I understand the complaint there, uh, but also... Some people, some folks want a more rugged, you know, type of setup for their mm-hmm. for their iPad Pro. So I can understand why some people prefer the the plastic case approach. If I'm gonna put a keyboard onto my iPad that's gonna make it weigh as much as a laptop, I want laptop like functionality, which is why I'm interested in the bridge keyboard, mm-hmm. right? Like I want an adjustable hinge, yep. right? Like yep. I want it to be built out of aluminium, so it's super strong and sturdy, right? So I like it's got a strong base when I'm using it in my lap. And I just feel like that this is not that. This is just like a more beefed up version of Apple's product. And that's not for me. Because right? yeah. I like the, the smart keyboard folio because it's nice and like it's not it's not light per se, but it's the lightest, right? And it's got the smart connector, so I never need to charge it. Um, I, for, I don't really feel for me that what you do get, which is the backlighting and the media keys, 
that is not enough for me to um, to counterbalance the weight, no pun intended, and the fact that you're putting it in this case all the time. Like that does that's not what I want. Still waiting on those bridge keyboards. When are they shipping? Pretty soon, right? They said April, and that, I think the last yeah. I heard is that like they were still on track. But mm. I'll be honest, I I don't know. I uh, I'd have nothing to say about this keyboards. I'm pretty happy with the Apple one. Uh, it, it has the right capability for the size i guess like yes i would love backlit keyboard and stuff but it's fine it, okay it's, it's fine. i have a confession here i wrote about the smart keyboard folio months ago mm-hmm. uh i wrote that i didn't like it and that i couldn't get used to it i've been using the smart keyboard folio for the past uh three months at this point and i kind of love it and yep. And uh, at some point, I guess something changed and I've grown to, and I think I know what it is and uh, I got to write about it um, on Mac stories. Um, But now basically like uh, I've been trying different solutions, like different cases that support the Magic Keyboard. And I feel like it's kind of hard to go back to something that is not as easy and integrated as the Smart Keyboard for you. Like, and I keep thinking the same things that 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 I wrote months ago, like it's not backlit. It doesn't have media keys, but it's also so easy to use. And like, <laughs> yeah, it works. All right, like it works, and you can spill water or breadcrumbs on it, and it's fine. It doesn't, you know, nothing happens. You could just wipe it over and clean it. But, uh, I've gotten used to it, and um, like I, I feel kind of bad about it because I, I, I was a, I was a smart keyboard hater, and then I kind of changed no, my mind. You've, but, you've seen you know. the light. That's fine. I, I think I, people overlook the smart connector. But that's the genius of it for me. I don't want to fiddle with Bluetooth and batteries and everything else. Like I just want it, them to connect and work. And Apple wins that hands down. So Logitech have always used the smart connector, right? Yeah. Why do you think that this one isn't? Do you think Apple's stopping them? Do you think that there's something that's changed about the smart connector that they can't get what they want out of it? What do you think? I don't know. That was also interesting to me. Honestly, I have no idea. Logitech were the only company making smart connector yeah. accessories. They made that terrible charging stand. Remember, it like charged it over eighteen hours or something. The Logitech base. That yeah. that review that Jason did is so much. Now fun. we're gonna hear from people who say, "Oh, I love my Logitech Logi cool. base." Uh, That's okay. Hey, I hey. have nothing to say to you if you like the Logitech base. I have nothing for you. I have nothing for you. Wow. I was gonna say. We can disagree on things, and it's fine. But Mike, you just took it a different direction. <laughs> I'm just—I say I have nothing for you. I have nothing. I, I have no something I can say. It doesn't seem like a good product to me. Okay. Um, yeah. So I do have to wonder though if it's a problem of, um, I don't know, about power delivery of the smart connector. That maybe something changed in the new iPad Pros and Logitech. You know, they wanted to do um, backlight again, and maybe there's a there's a different way that the new iPad Pros deliver power via the smart connector the logitech was like no no no, that's not enough for us anymore so well it is also possible and you know this idea makes sense to me apple made it something that people could develop for right and nobody did so now they're just like well screw it let's just keep it as a competitive Mm -hmm. advantage yeah maybe maybe let's talk uh from let's go from keyboards to headphones we spoke about the power beats pro they were rumored and leaked in ios 12.2 uh like a week ago or so so these are wireless beats headphones so there's one for each ear and they're they're workout headphones so they have a little arm that goes over your ear so they kind of stay in place now, they have been officially announced as of today they come in several colors they have 
uh, four different ear tip sizes. You know, the AirPods are one size fits all unless they don't fit you and then you're left in the cold. Right? <laughs> these are customizable. But I think these are those ones that go in your ear, right? And I can't, I can't abide by those. They're so uncomfortable for me. Um, but yeah, that it does allow for more, I guess, more different fits, I suppose. Right. Nine hours of listening time, which is uh, better than the AirPods. 24 hours total when you use the battery case. So just like the AirPods, the case has a battery in it. It charges by lightning. And this uses the H1 chip, as we discussed. This will be rolling out, I guess, to more and more things. Um, I think they look pretty good. I'm not sure they look $250 good, <laughs> um, even with physical buttons and, you know, some niceties that like the Beats X have, but 250 is a little steep for me, I think. Well, they've got Pro in the name. So that's true. What more do you want? That just means their keyboards will fail. Oh, that's a different thing. hey yo. Yeah. They have buttons. Maybe the buttons won't work. Yeah, you can't get crumbs in them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just excited that Apple's having more options with this technology. You know, the AirPods aren't for everyone. I had, years ago, I had the old versions of these that had the wire in between them just like the Beats X do now. And they're actually, it's kind of nice actually having something that like clips over your ear or if you need to take one out, you can clip it like, you know, on the neck of your shirt or something. Like it gives you some convenience that AirPods don't have. A friend of mine just got AirPods, uh, his first set uh, this week actually. And, you know, he was telling me about them. And I was like, here's the number one rule. Never take one of them out of your ear and sit it down anywhere. Like the second you let go of it, it's gone forever. And with these, they're a little bit bigger. You have something you can do with that little loop. So, you know, it's, again, I'm excited just to see options for, for this. Adina's had AirPods for a couple of months or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, I just keep finding them. Just she around? Just, she takes them out and just puts them down. Really? Like both of them. She just puts them both on the table. And I put them in the case. She's like, oh, I'll pick them up tomorrow. I'm like, what is this? No. Just I have no concept of the way that you're using this product. She just Why? takes them out, both of them out, and just puts them down next to each other, like no. on the table. It's like, I don't understand what you're doing with this. <laughs> it's very strange to me. I don't get yeah, it. That, that is super strange. Um, People use technology in weird and wonderful ways, true. says that the guy who true. covers these, all these products and stickers. Um, right. I wanted to say that Sylvia is really intrigued by this new Powerbeats Pro, of course. Um, she, as a dancer, uh, and all of her friends, uh, they tend to like the this type of um, Beats products because they are more comfortable when you're dancing or when you're rehearsing a choreography and that type of stuff. So I explained to her the benefits of the new model, you know, with the with the Siri integration, with the better audio quality because of the new chip. Mm-hmm. And the the fact that they don't have a wire anymore, so she's really intrigued. She's thinking about whether she wants the new AirPods or the new AirPods or these uh, Powerbeats Pro. So I guess we have a few weeks to think about it before we make a decision and go to the Apple Store mm-hmm. or buy them online. I don't know. Uh, I do know. wonder what this means for the future of the Beats X product. You know, I mentioned on the show that my wife has been through several pairs of them as they just tend to die and. We had a bunch of feedback from people saying, yeah, I'm on my third, fourth, fifth pair. So clearly there's some sort of reliability problem with the Beats X. And now with these, I just wonder if Apple needs both or if they can you know, upgrade the Beats X with the H1 and make it however they're failing, <laughs> make them better, make them more robust so they last longer. Because uh, frankly, burning through a pair every nine months is just unacceptable. So I do kind of wonder, like, what's the future of that? product now that these are here and i guess i guess time will tell 
as far as I know, the BTECs are still for sale and they haven't been up- upgraded. So maybe they will, or maybe they'll be reimagined somehow to be better, which would be great. We also want to talk a little bit about Apple News Plus. There's an article in the New York Times uh, talking about how its uh, how its launch has gone. Of course, we spoke about some of the problems they had at launch with the apps crashing and they got that fixed server side. But then the Mac app, you can just like go and like <laughs> strip out all the PDFs, which is super, super bad. It's a little messy. Um, but this New York Times article is interesting. It says that 200,000 people signed up for Apple News Plus in the first 48 hours. Now, of course, all these people are on the trial, just like just like Federico and I are. Uh, so no one's paying yet. There's no money moving through the system. I have no idea if 200,000 mm. is a good or bad number. Like, I just don't know. Um, the New York Times thing says it's more than texture hand. So, yeah. like, but again, is that good or bad? Probably well, not that. I mean, how many did they have? If they had 190,000, then it's not that great. On the Verge guys this week, Neela Patel interviewed uh, Peter Kafka from Recode Media. It was a great episode. That, no, I was listening to that today. Yeah, they're talking about uh, Apple News and Apple News Plus. And it says something really smart of like, these big companies can accidentally have successful products that aren't very good. It's like, there are so many iPhones, you're going to have some people just wander into this product. <laughs> you know, because it's the default, because it's there on the home screen. And clearly news and news plus will benefit from that. But uh, yeah, I'm curious that to, to, what I'm really curious to see is once this trial is up, you know, when's the first time they tell us how many people they have paying the $10 mm. a month? You know, that that's really what I want to see. I want to see reports of, okay, this is how much like, we're actually making as a magazine, because mm. there's really good arguments on both sides of the debate of like, is this good for journalism or not? Like, I, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I have a journalism degree. It's my background. I don't know if it's good for magazines and newspapers yet. I, I, I feel like it could be, but then I also feel like it could be a disaster. I just don't know. And so the proof will be in these numbers. And, you know, who knows when Apple will tell us uh, when they say, oh, we have half a million people paying or what, whatever it is, whenever it is, I'll be keeping an eye out. But, you know, it's there. I, I could tell you. Already, I'm using it way less than I was. I don't. I just don't think it's. It's mm. probably just not for me ultimately. And uh, you know, we'll see mm. if it sticks. But at this point, I'm not using it very much, to be honest with you. Interesting. I'm using it a bunch, uh, actually. I, I I've been catching up on some articles from Edge, the video game magazine. I've been checking out Retro Gamer and um, the the New Yorker, and of course the Wall Street Journal. And in fact, I have a funny story for you guys. Um, have you ever tried to cancel a subscription to the new to the Wall Street Journal? <laughs> Not yet. Okay. No. Um, okay. So uh, I tried, and it turns out <laughs> that you can sign you up. Can't. <laughs> you can't. You you can you you cannot uh, on online. Uh, you can sign up online. They're very happy to take your credit card and make you create an account. But then, when you want to cancel, you need to call them on the phone. Jeez. Um, well, first of all. You, you're told that you need to find your account number. And to find your account number, I suppose you need to go to your account page. And on your account page, um, there's a little tool that asks you, uh, let us find your subscription. And basically, the, the website was telling me, your subscription does not exist. <laughs> even though I've been charged twice already. Um, so I try to call him on the phone. Um, first I tried, um, a U.S. number 
but I was told that it was too early in the morning because I was in Italy, of course, and uh, I needed to try European line. Then I tried, and that was yesterday. Today I tried this Italian phone number, um, but actually a, a very nice lady from the UK answered. Um, and she had me check my account info. Uh, of course, you can imagine the spelling for my address and my name and last name. Uh, and then after five minutes of doing this kind of spelling and making sure that they had my records correct, she told me, oh, but no, you you actually created an account for the US website. So you need to, well, I would have you transferred to the US uh, line, but it's too early right now. So you need to call later. Okay, I was like, all right, fine, I'll call later. And uh, earlier this afternoon, a few hours ago, I tried to call the US number, uh, but I was told that the line was busy and that they could not answer my request. I was very upset about this. So what I did, as anyone would do, is I googled, is there any way to cancel WSJ online? And I found this tip from somebody on Reddit. So thank you, unnamed person, who shared this piece of life wisdom with other users. In that due to regulations in California, the Wall Street Journal is obligated by law to allow you to cancel your subscription if you change your billing address to any address in California. So, of course, as you might imagine, I changed my billing address to one infinite loop in Cupertino. <laughs> <laughs> and I canceled my subscription without having to call anybody. <laughs> because screw phone calls. Who wants to have a phone call to cancel your subscription? That's just a good tip for in general, right? I bet it's not just the Wall Street Journal that works with. So... California wins once again, best state in the United States. I don't know if it's the best state, really. I just like it, it because it's sunny. Um, but yeah, um, so change your billing address to the to California. You can use whatever yeah. you like, and you will gain this very handsome red button that says <laughs> cancel subscription. And, That's uh, great. Now, uh, also secondary teachy tip um, for this: once you cancel the Wall Street Journal from Safari. Uh, from your basically the online subscription because you just pay for Apple News Plus and you're fine with the limitations of Apple News Plus. When you land in Safari on any Wall Street Journal article, you and you and you're like, well, now I cannot access the article in Safari because Safari doesn't have my Apple News Plus info because I no longer have an actual Wall Street Journal account. Well, what you can do is you can tap the share icon in Safari, open the share sheet, and find open story in Apple News. And that will redirect and it will open that article you're looking at that has a paywall mm. in Safari. It will show you the fully unlocked article in Apple News if you subscribe to Apple News Plus. Wow. So, yeah. That seems like a bug. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's an actual extension that Apple makes to let you jump from articles viewed in Safari to articles viewed in Apple News. That's an interesting problem, though, like the paywall issue. Like if you have an account online, Apple News doesn't know about it. Like it's, just, it's really messy and confusing in places, yeah. which I think is one yeah. reason I'm a little turned off from it. But So Apple News, uh, and, a, and a very long story about the Wall Street Journal. But yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to continue paying because now I finally have a way to read the Wall Street Journal in a much cheaper way alongside a bunch of other video game and music magazines. So that, that's fine, yeah. This episode of Connected is also brought to you in part by our friends over at Hover. 
Buying a domain name is the first step in building your online identity. And with Hover, you can find the domain name that shows the world who you are and what you're passionate about. I always mention this, but it's one that's really important to me is my 512pixels.net domain, a domain I've owned for a really long time since before Federico and Mike were born. I owned that domain. And it's really important to me. It's where my writing has been now for almost 10 and a half years. And uh, I have it safe and sound at Hover. And I get all of their great features when I have to do anything with it. So they have best-in-class customer support team. If you have to do anything with something like DNS or setting up an email account, like domain stuff can be confusing. And their customer support team, they're easy to talk to. They know what they're doing. You don't get passed off from person to person. Everyone knows what's going on. And it's just, it's so stellar. And they have this really cool feature called Hover Connect. So if you're looking to connect your domain name to, say, uh, a website builder or some sort of well-known hosting platform, you can actually do that with just a few simple clicks. You don't have to go in and enter the A record and the C name and change this and change that. Chances are, if you're using your domain name with a big uh, web builder online, you can just do it really easily. So you're thinking, well, who needs a domain name? Everyone needs a domain name. Everyone's got one. And so it's important for yours to stand out, which means uh, they have over 400 domain name extensions to choose from. So you can get really creative when you're branding yourself online. One really cool option is .me. It's a great extension to show uh, something like a, a portfolio site. And you can show your artwork or your projects you're working on uh, to show what you're good at. So if you have a personal website that's ready for launch, grab a .me extension. It's a great way to stand out when sending in your resume. The .me domains are on sale this month only at Hover for $9.99. That's 33% off your first year. And if you're new to Hover, you can get an additional 10% off any domain extension for your first year. Head on over to hover.com connected. That's hover.com slash connected. It's time to get your portfolio website up and running. My thanks to Hover for their support of this show and Relay FM. Amp is dead. Mm. Mm. Well, told you. You were right. And, I was uh, right. It's, uh, if only there were a hashtag for that, what would that be? Hashtag Mike mm-hmm. was correct again. Mike wasn't mm. wrong. <laughs> Mike wasn't wrong. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh. Well, uh, yeah, it's um, this. Now we can say that all those signs were just leftovers from. Can I? Can I? I feel like I. The one thing that I really uh. want to impress upon both you, Federico, and everyone else is this idea that Apple's so perfect that their packaging. No, be you, you don't need to. You don't need to convince me. This is that one idea. of those things where it's like everyone's like, "Oh, there's no way they would get the packaging wrong." Yeah, well, they did, didn't they? Multiple times over multiple years. They're not as perfect as you think they are, right? Like, and mm-hmm. that's fine. They are a big company, right? The yeah. team who's designing the packaging probably thought it was still coming because they're like me and you, right? <laughs> so no one was telling them. They're just making the packaging, right? So yeah, like, yeah. whatever, right? And it just goes to the printer and the printer prints it and they made the boxes and then the boxes sat in a warehouse for six months where they were deciding what to do with it all. Mm-hmm. Like, they are a company that is uh, possible to make mistakes and mm-hmm. they can fail too like they have with this product because this is like, I hope, you know, like you have to wait like 20 years to get stories. I really want to know what happened to this. Yeah. 
Yeah, me too. How um, did they go from we're so confident we're going to put it on stage to two years later canceling it? And my thought is, I mean, yeah, like the box thing is weird, but um, my thought is that that shows that this was like still a possibility until fairly recently when they're printing those AirPod boxes. Like who knows when those actually came out? And my guess is that future AirPod boxes at some point will not contain that stuff. They will get those out of the system. Yeah. But that means at some point in 2018, this was still a possibility. And so what what happened? When did that change? Did they, Were they making progress and they hit a wall? Like, I agree with you. I so badly want to know what happened here. I just am itching for that, that tell-all report at some point. Hmm. Um, I do want to say something about this. Of course, I'm, I'm sad that this product will not exist and I'm... Uh... I've been acquiring some wireless chargers um, <laughs> over the past few weeks. Uh, At what point does Sylvia have to tell you you have too many wireless chargers? Are you getting there yet? Yes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, uh, I've been trying to explain the benefits of um, the convenience. So I think of... Um, you know, I've, I've, I've received this uh, first um, Nomad uh, base station, but the one without the Apple Watch charger, because that's super back-ordered. Um, I hope that I will be able to write about that soon, but we'll see. Uh, so today, for example, I got the, the Nomad uh, wireless charging pad at the base station that charges up to two Qi devices. Um, and what's nice about it is that you can put the iPhone on it. You can put the AirPods case on it. But it's also got in the back a, a USB-A port and a USB-C port. So that single lightning cable that we still need to keep around for Silva's old AirPods and the iPad Pro that she uses, um, we can you know we can have in the same pad both wireless charging and a lightning cable that comes out the back. So that's nice. Um, and now I'm looking at sort of putting a, a wider uh, charging pad. Uh, basically at the base of the ultrafine display that I have right now, I have a single round Qi charger from Native Union and I'm looking at a more like rectangular pad where I can actually store two devices. So I've been filling the house with a bunch of these pads. But the argument that I want, the thing that I want to say is I think you can be sad and bummed and disappointed about air power not existing without losing your mind about Apple. Um, I don't think I, I think people read too much into air power as a way to um, guess what the state of Apple is. I don't think canceling air power means Apple is doomed. No, it it means that something is wrong, but it doesn't mean that it's so wrong that it's going to affect everything the yes. company does. Yes, and I've seen. I mean, I've seen such extremes on Twitter from people saying that Tim Cook or Johnny Ive should be fired because of this uh, air power people thing. People say that about anything at this point. It's 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 like a meme right now. It's maddening. But no, but seriously though, like you can see when people say that. Yeah, I know, a, no, but I mean, like it's not a good meme, right? Yeah. Like it's a thing that just keeps coming up. Yeah, right? and um, it's not like the iPhone got cancelled. It's not like the iPad Pros had to be recalled. Now I understand. I understand people making a fuss about the MacBook Pro keyboards. Now that's something worth getting upset, you know, uh, about. That that's a, that's a real failure. Mm -hmm. But to say that because AirPower was cancelled, it's a sign of Apple's mismanaged uh, whatever. Like, come on, that that feels like too much. 
Uh, yes, it's a failure. Yes, it's a disappointment. Uh, and one day, hopefully, we'll get the full story. But I think people, some some people, um, take things a bit too far in terms of. Uh, uh, and it's not like I'm saying, oh, people shouldn't be critical of Apple. Uh, that's totally not what I'm saying. But in this very specific instance, for this very specific product, um, you An know, ultimately unimportant product. Yes, I mean, you can be sad about it. You can be disappointed. It is a disappointment, but it's not like. Uh, you know, now suddenly you need to return your AirPods or do something crazy as that. Like, you can just grab any Qi charger and it's fine. Like, Yeah, I mean, and it's probably like a, in some ways, like just fundamentally flawed product. Like, depending on the Apple Watch strap that you use, you might not have even been able to use this product. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, because exactly. every image shows the Apple Watch face down. Now, if you don't have a strap where it can be unbuckled or whatever, then you can't use this product in the first place. And you might be better off with one of the products where it's got like that kind of built-in Apple Watch charger that stands up a little bit, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's it. And it's also just like, all right, you can put it anywhere on the mat. Like, it's not that incredible. Like, it's fine, right? Like, it's fine. Uh, And also, how often... I mean, I've been thinking more about this, right? Like, how often do you need to charge them all at the exact same time anyway? Ah, uh, maybe at night, maybe. Yeah, but you like, know. do you do you don't even need to charge your air power, uh, your AirPods every day, and when you do need to charge them, it takes like ten minutes to get what you need. Uh, something that uh, something else that I've noticed lately, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but for it feels like we've been doing this podcast for a few years, right? And we've seen various waves of sort of these Apple memes and like the expressions that uh, the mic hates, like certain ways of thinking about Apple. Mm. Um, and, and it feels like, <laughs> and it feels like for a few years, there were people playing analysts on Twitter. That was mm-hmm. a thing that people would do, like make charts and pretend to be experts about numbers. And something that I've noticed lately is the figure of the supply chain expert. Like, Folks playing at being experts about how operations work in China. Like, it's like I'm perfectly comfortable saying I write about Apple for a living and I don't know a single thing about supply chain, how it works. I can guess, but otherwise I can just refer to other folks. But Mm -hmm. I see a lot of people on, you know, it used to be the, the armchair analyst, now it's the armchair supply chain expert. That feels like a new thing that I'm seeing on Twitter. Like everybody talks about, you know, components and these very specific things from China. Like, how, where did you gain this knowledge? Sometimes I wonder. I don't know. It's just a thing that I notice in my timeline. Maybe I follow the wrong people. <laughs> Maybe that's a sign that, <laughs> that I should curate my my following list a bit more but i have not (laughs) seen people doing this so yeah i think you need to like you need to start cutting some of that list down my friend Uh, i've seen people talk very specifically about coils and plastic like do you have like a catalog where you know where (laughs) these these things come from it's like uh, well you know it's too many coils man (laughs) too many (laughs) coils That is the problem, though, right? Like, that's the kind of the agreed-upon understanding is just, it was just too much. And I think this was what I was saying for a, for a while, like, why I, like, would have guessed the product was late, is they were trying, having it be two different charging technologies in one pad, and it 
they have to have like multiple charging coils in the one pad. No wonder the thing was overheating. I actually imagine this future where it would have a little fan in it. Like <laughs> that was the way they were gonna deal with it. They just put a little fan in there. That'd be nice. Nice soothing fan sound to help you go to sleep at white noise. It could it could be a yeah, it could be a combined white noise and charger device. Yeah. Two in one. Yeah. So Stephen Hackett, as the historian. It's me. When was the last time this happened? Like straight up cancellation of a product. Do you know? Before it was released. There's not much in recent history. You've got Copeland back in like the the nineties, this the software mm-hmm. project that's supposed to save Apple and then it fails, so they had to go buy next. That's probably the biggest one, honestly. But it's it's very rare and it's it's rare because they don't usually pre announce things. And uh, I bet you a dollar that it's it's a while before they do that again. Because this yeah. is going to be seared into them for a while, I think. Because they've had like really bad production problems. Like the 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 good historic example of that is the white iPhone four. Yes, it, right, it, which came out a <laughs> long time after, right? Yeah, and, and remember the four S was the first phone that went from summer to a fall release. So the iPhone four was out like five quarters is like the new top iPhone, and it was very close to the end. Did it come when the Verizon? Didn't it go? The white one come out when the? No, it was after it was that. After that, even. it was after. Yeah, because that was like the glue was making it go yellow or something. Yeah, right? there's all sorts of stories about what happened, or maybe the the white glass let too much light in around the camera lens. All, all sorts of stuff. Okay, you know, AirPods they struggled to to get them out. Uh, the iPad Mini was the original one was out pretty late in small quantities. Like they've had issues. Canceling something that's been pre-announced is a very small class of things. And Copeland and AirPower, I think, are probably the the biggest two at this point. Right. But there's no there's no hardware that you can recall in recent memory. Not not in recent this. memory, no. I'm trying yeah. to like think back and you know, maybe there was something in the nineties somewhere, but nothing of importance, uh, really. I mean, the the closest thing and is Steve Jobs like, and the Power Mac G5 is going to be at three gigahertz next year. And that just didn't happen. And when they introduced the Intel transition, he said, look, I promised you this. We've been unable to do it. We're moving to Intel. And the and the uh, the Mac Pro, the first Mac Pro, its top configuration, three gigahertz. So like, that's kind of an example. They promised it. They couldn't do it. That's a change to a product, really, though, right? It's a, ch- a change it's like in a straight processor. Up, like, oh, <laughs> we just killed the iMac now because yeah. we can't do that anymore. It's weird. Who knows? Maybe the Mac Pro will be the next one, right? Stop. All right? No, don't say that. Maybe the Mac Pro is the next one. Hush, All right? hush, hush. Well, at least it was never shown. So They got used to it now. So they're just like, oh, we'll just cancel them all. What does it matter? Let's cancel them all. Anytime Matt Panzerino tweets that he's been at Apple getting news, I'm going to be really nervous now. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, this episode of Connected is also brought to you by ExpressVPN. We can probably all hold our hands up and admit that cybercrime is something that we think happens to other people. Because who would want your data? Well, the bad news is stealing data from just everyday people like you and me by things like using public Wi-Fi. It's one of the simplest ways for hackers to make money. If you leave your internet connection unencrypted, things become vulnerable. But there's something you can do to protect yourself from cyber criminals, you can start using ExpressVPN. It works by securing and anonymizing your internet browsing. It encrypts your data and hides your public IP address with easy-to-use apps or run seamlessly on the background of your device. And you can turn on ExpressVPN protection with just one click. Then you're free to safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having your personal data stolen. 
ExpressVPN was rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar, and it even comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So I have some travel coming up just in a few days, and I'm going to be at this hotel over the weekend, and you can bet I'm not going to be doing browsing on open hotel Wi-Fi. I'm going to be using ExpressVPN so I know that the emails that I do, uh, you know, things I'm logging into, that that is all secure because I can have a peace of mind about my data. For less than $7 a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. If you ever use public Wi-Fi and you want to keep the bad guys away from your data, you need ExpressVPN. So go to expressvpn.com slash connected to learn more. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get those three months free at expressvpn.com slash connected. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash connected for three months free with a one-year package. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of Connected and Relay FM. So we're going to have our second entry in the Federico Vitici class of uh, Apple cloud <laughs> services as we as we roll up towards WWDC. So we're going to be focusing on a bunch of stuff that Apple's doing and things like that that have got some kind of service bent to them. And today we're going to talk about iCloud, but specifically iCloud, iCloud Drive, right? Yeah, I wanted to mainly talk about iCloud Drive, but also mention a few other things about the generic iCloud service, if that's okay. But primarily iCloud Drive, yes. Yeah. Um, so I, first of all, I think it's important that we separate um, all these different flavors of iCloud. We got iCloud Drive, which is different from, from CloudKit, which is the iCloud-based API that developers can use in their apps. Like if you use Bear or, um, you know, the, I think Agenda, maybe all these other apps based on iCloud, yeah. but they don't From actually show you. From a user perspective, CloudKit is great, right? Like so many apps that, that I use now yeah. use this and it seems to be fine for me. Yeah, totally. Uh, and there's also the fact that iCloud Drive is built into the Files app on iOS and the Finder on the Mac, but... I want to talk about I want to talk specifically about improvements to the service not necessarily to the files app because I feel like there's a whole bunch of other features that I want to see in the files app that do not belong necessarily to iCloud Drive but maybe you know could be applied for Dropbox or you know these other providers so I want that's to how about... you want to do things, but I desperately need to voice two major complaints with files. I just need to do it because okay. these happened to me today whilst I was preparing for this show wow. uh it won't remember favorites. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. Sometimes the favorites just disappear. And then today I tried to re-add the favorites and I would drag it in and they would just disappear in front of my eyes. So that's great. Well, it's, it's not like they're your favorites all the time. They're just your favorites just sometimes. fleeting moments. It's whenever me and Files agree that something is a favorite. And the struggle to download files where you tap on a file... And the spinner just spins. And I am watching a spinner just spin on a 40 kilobyte numbers sheet. And it doesn't download. Sometimes to the point that I have to restart my entire device to be able to download this file. And what makes it worse is when apps like numbers will only work this way, right? So it's not like I can't do anything. I can't download it. I can't save it. And then other times where it's like, okay, well, now if I want to upload a file, because... 
of the way that the files app works. I can't get to Dropbox directly anymore, so I just have to wait or just sit and deal with this. It's maddening, and I need to put those two things on the record as much as I possibly can, and here they are. I've had those problems before, so um, especially if you try to add favorites from a third-party provider. I think that's when it fails. Um, anyway, uh, I have a whole list of complaints about iCloud Drive, but I think I picked four of them. Uh, yes, four main areas that I would like to discuss. Mm-hmm. First one, um, this is kind of obvious. Uh, I don't know why why Apple hates folders. They <laughs> hate folders in shortcuts. They hate folders in iCloud Drive. I want to be able to share folders yes. with an iCloud Drive link. I've been doing this with Dropbox for ages. It is the single reason why uh, John and I, for example, for App Stories and Mac Stories, we have to use Dropbox. I would rather use iCloud Drive. I use iCloud Drive for a bunch of personal things. Um, But I have to keep using Dropbox and pay for it because I need to be able to share folders and subfolders and entire directories of containing other folders. This is one of the uh, most obvious features of a file sharing service, which iCloud Drive is because it does let you share individual files. Uh, I'm just surprised that it still does not let you share folders. This is a cornerstone of collaboration, right? Folder sharing. Um, This is something that so many people do. Like, I'm a big fan of Dropbox, so it would take a lot for me to want to move what I do in Dropbox to iCloud Drive. But this is like foundation step one. Like, I will never move my stuff to iCloud Drive primarily mm-hmm. if they can't do this, right? Like, this is like table stakes for me. Like, you have to be able to let me share a folder with someone rather than me needing to share files with them every time. So I am not, or nobody is a bottleneck in a collaborative process, right? Where it's like, if I had to, every time I upload to Dropbox, send a link to Steven, like, it's already hard enough for me sometimes to remember to upload the file, right? Like, you know, like I do that, like, let alone me having to then send a link to him every time. The fact that I put it in a folder on my desktop and he can have it on his desktop, like, that is one of the best parts of Dropbox. And iCloud Drive not having this functionality means that there are so many people who are like me that wouldn't be able to move to it. Yeah. And there's so many nice touches about Dropbox, especially when you access it from a web browser. Like, uh, for example, the the fact that you can request files from other people, like, that's such a handy feature when you just want to make sure that... file requesting is excellent. That is, when you have a group of people, like you're doing a podcast with, like, four other people and you want to make sure that everybody contributes to the same folder, you can just issue a file request and that's it. And it's that kind of, uh, you know, that kind of added flexibility that I would like to see in in iCloud Drive, starting with folders. Uh, Second feature that I think should be enabled at a service level and then of course also reflected in the files app is a proper support for versions so versions of files um, this has been possible for years on in the macOS finder i think since maybe snow leopard steven uh, the ui to browse versions of the same document yeah um, somewhere in, or lion i think but yeah in there somewhere okay um, can i ask is this different to time machine or is that the same thing? It is based on local 
time machine snapshots, I believe. But it's when they screwed up the save as and duplicate thing. You know, oh. like no one to this day, I don't yeah. know how it works in some apps. Uh-huh. Uh, it's all it was all tied in in there. But yeah, man, it has saved my bacon on Dropbox more yeah. than once over the years. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, and so many times. Like I again, like I have things in shared folders, which sometimes I need, but somebody else in the folder is deleted. And like being able to I mean, I know this isn't exactly the same because you're probably gonna talk about restoring delete files in a minute. But like Yeah, that's my next point, but we can we can talk about them together. <laughs> sometimes when I like I'm editing so, so with Cortex, me and Grace share a folder and we actually keep the logic project in there. Oh boy. And there was once where I <laughs> it, it actually works better than you would expect. Uh, once I screwed it up so bad, I was able to use a different version of the logic project in Dropbox to fix it. It was like the only way I could think to do it. And there may have been different ways to do it, but that was just the thing that jumped to my mind. And I was able to find like to save the project that way. So I've had a bunch of stuff like that myself, too, where the version has been great, as well as the restoring of deleted files. Yeah. Yeah, so rest, uh, restoring versions and restoring deleted files. Uh, the second one, the deleted files, is a, is a very strange limitation in that it is actually possible already, but you need to go to iCloud.com with a browser to do it. And, Nothing. And, and Nothing hunt, should exist and there hunt only. for the feature because it's well hidden. And also, of course, you know, you have this odd uh, situation where the company that says that the Apple Pro is a computer also has a website that if you go from an iPad says that you need to use a computer, like a Mac, <laughs> yeah. to use it. I mean what what is a computer, really? What really yeah. that adds a wall is you know, such a meta message. I love that message. Really, what's a computer? Um so yeah, iCal.com. Uh, you need to request desktop mode if you're doing this from from an iPad, or you need to use iCab with a user agent for you know Safari for Mac or Chrome for Mac. Who doesn't know that? That's just so easy. To, that's ridiculous, Apple. <laughs> come, come and on. Any any iPad power user knows what iCab can do for them. <laughs> We've all been in those exactly, situations. <laughs> exactly. If you find something that you cannot do in Safari, just download iCab and you know spend, can always do it. Spend a couple of hours searching for the setting, and you will find it. <laughs> Because yeah, who doesn't wanna who doesn't wanna have kiosk mode on their iPad browser? <laughs> that sounds like a like an app store editorial gold rush just waiting to happen. <laughs> uh, great app. We love these apps with kiosk mode. <laughs> Trying to log uh, into iCloud.com? Check out this. iCab is amazing. <laughs> it is. It's yes, just it is. Overkill in every possible way. Right? Yes. I needed to download a few gigabytes of uh, FLAC files from my seven digital account. Sure. And of course... It doesn't need that. Well, yeah, it's, sure. it's, it's on my to-do okay, list for they, this afternoon. They were just a bunch of zip files, okay? That I needed to download all at once. And you as the Mac user may say, well, easy, just click on the buttons and add them to the download manager. But no, because Safari on iOS does not have a download yeah. manager. What is this advanced feature you're referring to, a download <laughs> manager? <laughs> you know, imagine this wild concept of a pop-up that contains your downloads. Oh, my God. Do you know what the iCap Apple Watch app can do? It can show you articles. It is a remote control for the <laughs> iOS version. <laughs> you can switch tabs, open bookmarks, scroll and navigate using buttons on the Apple Watch. Anyway, I used iCab to download the 
10 zip archives and it was mm -hmm. totally and then you find those zip archives in the files provider like i mean apple just hired the icab person and put him in charge of the you know safari team uh, maybe not in charge, uh, but Zach put him on in the, the chat room is saying that you can get an iOS 6 theme for iCab yes. in the app. It's like in the theme settings. I love everything about this application, including yes. its inscrutable nature. It's brilliant. And mm -hmm. kiosk mode, uh, which is kiosk really mode. handy for mm -hmm. all those who run kiosks. Um, <laughs> I, so anyway, you shouldn't be forced to go to iCloud.com to restore a deleted file when that website does not work in Safari for iPad. Um, also, fun fact, I do believe that iCloud actually supports a versioning API already because apps like uh, IA Writer, which is my text editor of choice, or MindNode actually do use iCloud versions. So... There's an API, but it's not well documented, and uh, most developers do not know about it, and it's not available in the Files app. So make it happen, Apple. Finally, um, so Mike uh, also mentioned uh, restore the files. Mm -hmm. More controls over shared links. Uh, there's yeah. some options that you can configure right now. Uh, you can like you can. I control. forget that you can even get shared yeah. links for files. Well, in yeah, Alcantara. it's a very kind of strange menu. Like first, you need to choose the destination where you will be sharing the link, and then you can see the actual link. <laughs> oh, it's that's kind like of backwards. Apple that's it's like Apple of, Notes, right? It, yeah, but it's like it's like if you were it's like if you were to send the letter to somebody first, you would write the address, and then you would write the letter, like for. <laughs> Like the process is not. <laughs> this is not the way that it's supposed to work. Always start with the envelope. Always start with <laughs> yeah. the envelope. Or you can only write the address down when you're standing in front of the post box. <laughs> like, that, this is not <laughs> the way that it's. Anyway, at least it's possible. What I would like to see is um, uh, uh, at least the ability to set an expiration time for mm -hmm. a link or to add like a specific password to yes. make sure that. Not only people with the link, but also people with the link and who also know the password can access the yeah. content behind the, the link. Two-factor two link sharing is what they call it, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No. So uh, I think Dropbox has these features. Uh, Box, you know, because they're really enterprise and, you know, serious mm -hmm. users, they, they have these features. So uh, that uh, these four options, so sharing folders, versions, restore deleted files, and more controls over shared links, I would like to see this stuff in iCloud Drive as the service, and of course, there should be a UI uh, in the you know in the Files app or in in other places where iCloud Drive is integrated on iOS and macOS. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to add before I mention a few other iCloud things? I don't think so. Not for iCloud Drive. I think that you were right. There are, of course, lots of more esoteric things, but like. As you said, these are the basic features that it needs to be a truly collaborative yeah. and like uh, robust um, file storage solution rather than just a convenient one, which it is, I think, for most people right now. Yeah, I think the other thing I would add is that on macOS, iCloud Drive just still feels really bolted on. Like it doesn't feel integrated in a way that you would expect it to like yes some apps can just read and write to their containers and those are all folders now which is nice and yes you can sync your desktop and documents you shouldn't but why can't i like select things on my mac to back up to icloud storage right why can why can't it work with time machine to back up certain things it's just it's that's not as fully fleshed out as it is on ios and i think it would be more useful to more people if it could just like 
do more. Like I have all this so data. What you're saying is you want to get rid of Finder and put files in him. That is right? not what oh. I'm saying. Mm. Oh, sorry. Not like that. Sorry, misunderstood. that Finder <laughs> actually <laughs> compared to files, Finder is a dream. <laughs> yes. Yes. But you know, some something like I have all this data, why can't I easily back up to it? That was a thing in like the dot Mac days. You could there was actually an app called Backup and you can say, hey, you know what? I want to put these files in my iDisk, and so they're safe and sound. You can do all that manually. You're talking like a grandpa. <laughs> oh, I have backup, and I want to put this file in my iDisk. <laughs> it was a it was a great feature in the day. I have all this iCloud storage I pay for. Like I have 1.6 terabytes free in my iCloud account. Why can't I easily do more with it? Apple should build mm. more, more tools on the Mac to to connect to it and use it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, backup was, was awesome, man. There'll be a link in the show notes for young people. Can to you read. remind me the icon? Was it an umbrella? It was. It was an orange umbrella. An orange Came from umbrella. my memory, kids. See, mm. who's a historian now? I wrote about it in 2015, and I'm going to put oh, this in shit. the show notes right now. I'm sure mm-hmm. that's why Mike remembers that because he's such an avid reader of uh, all blogs. I read. I wrote in my blog. Don't you remember everything I write? Sure. I remember all of them. Sure you do. All of them. Sure you do. Uh, so the next few things uh, that I would like to mention are, and I realize that now, uh, extremely a case of first world problems, and uh, very specifically teachy problems in one instance. So home screen sync. Now, before you make fun of me, Apple has this feature for Apple TV. It is a thing that they considered because Apple TVs are used in a, like in schools or like in certain shops or other offices. Like you have multiple Apple TVs. You want to make sure that you sync the apps that you have on those Apple TVs. And so there's a feature in tvOS called Home Screen Sync that allows you to keep you know, the, the same set of apps and the same order for those apps. It's kind of like uh, syncing shortcuts, but the order actually works. Um, oh. No, no, I mean, it's fixed now. So it's just <laughs> bad is it? Junk. Is it fixed? <laughs> it, is, it is fixed. It is fixed. So I can turn it on now? Y- yes, you can. Yes, you can. Please it do it now on the air. Please do it so we can hear uh, your... My, oh, my devices are all over the place. We can I hear your, your suffering. I would like, as someone who is part of the Multipad Lifestyle uh, Super Group... Um, <laughs> Which consists wow. of me and Mike, I guess. Uh, we, we right now it's it's an ever changing and evolving group. People come group. in and leave, but right now, definitely me and you are in there. Yeah. So I would like to be able to sync apps between my iPads, even though I mentioned in the past that I like to keep separate sets of apps. Um, there, there may be times, maybe this summer. You know, when I need to use multiple iPads to test iOS 13, and I can already imagine that in that case I will want to have the same apps and the same order. Yes. And I already, I can already imagine myself going crazy that I need to install the same app and put it in the same position twice. Uh, so home screen sync would be nice um, with iCloud, and of course, as somebody who wears <laughs> multiple Apple watches uh. during the day. Uh, I cannot tell you how annoying it is to insta- to say, yes, install this watch app and <laughs> yes, put this app in my dock on the Apple Watch. Like reset the same thing over and over because I have mm-hmm. two Apple Watches. So 
just like it works on the Apple TV, make it work for people who have multiple iPads, for people who have multiple Apple Watches, and even for those freaks who have multiple Macs. Uh, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah, they're the real outliers. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of which, I would like to have some kind of preference sync. So being able to sync settings between iOS devices. And because I feel like I'm, you know, again, I have an iPhone and I have two iPads and it feels like I'm constantly changing the same setting three times because I actually am. Like, I want to be able to choose, like, for example, my Safari settings, sync them to the same settings to the iPhone and the iPad because I always want to see the favorites bar and I always want to open tabs in the background. Instead, I'm changing the same setting on all of my devices individually. Um, not to mention, like, adding a new account to, to, for Apple Mail. Oh, uh, the you, worst. And especially if you have, like, five or six Gmail accounts, and you need to do that every single time on every device. Like, I'm not a, a security expert. I don't like to throw around words like those supply chain people do. But, you know, the, there's encryption <laughs> these days. Let's make it happen. Make it so... You have my email account, my credentials, and they are also encrypted somehow. I don't know if it's possible, but it's definitely... Or Does an airmail do that? Well, yes, but you're also trusting airmail, you know, and their servers. Um, they store uh-huh. a token. Spark do it too, I think. But like, if there's a way that Apple can make this even easier, I mean, I would be fine to just re-enter my password. At least store my email address and just simplify how I can re-add the password for each account. Mm -hmm. But do not let me start the process from scratch every single time. Mm. And also, if you cannot make it work for mail, at least make it work for Safari and all these other preferences that I want to keep the same across multiple Apple devices. And uh, finally, again, possibly for the same security reasons, but I would like to actually have access to my HealthKit data on my iPad um, because it feels like I've been collecting this data for years now and I would like to have some kind of charts or graphs on that bigger screen instead of squinting on, you know, at my iPhone's display to try and see trends and actual stats and numbers. Uh, I realize why Apple, you know, there may be a security argument, but also your HealthKit data is actually stored in iCloud now. Uh, is encrypted and stored in iCloud, so why can it not be on the iPad? Uh, I would be fine with health on the iPad just being a visualizer for things that you collected on the iPhone. Do you know if it, like, if you had two iPhones? <laughs> well, I'm not at that point. <laughs> would it work, do you think? Uh, you should ask Dave Morin, I guess, uh, not me. <laughs> that poor man. <laughs> I feel really bad for him. <laughs> well, I... I guess I could try this maybe this summer. I don't know. I, I'm i going to be doing a bunch of testing, uh, you know, between 12 and 13. So uh, I do suppose that if you store your HealthKit data in iCloud, that it will actually merge and sync across multiple iPhones. That is just my suspicion. Please do not try this at home without having heard from Apple if it actually works. Do not take my word for it. I don't want to reset your health database you know, with data from an empty iPhone. I do believe Surprise. it would sync. Yeah. So, 
That's it I have for two my iPhones, yeah. one for day and one for the night. When the day phone runs out, the night phone takes over. I never have to worry. See, that is exactly your reasoning for the <laughs> Apple Watch. Like one hundred percent. It was I, not. I could say that's a quote from Federico Vitici. I have two Apple Watches, one for the day and one for the night. When the day watch runs out, the night watch takes over. I never have to worry. Well, at least I didn't start a social network. All right, not, not yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right. Let's have more storage, please, yes. for iCloud. More yes. iCloud storage for free for everybody, uh, and just make that better. Yes, more than five gigabytes. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's insulting. So, if you want to find links to stuff we spoke about, including the handful of tickets we have left for our live show in San Jose. Uh, check out the links for this episode. They're in your podcast app of choice or on the web at relay.fm slash connected slash 237. While you're there, you can get in touch via email. But if that's too old-fashioned for you, you can you can give us feedback on Twitter. Mike is there as I-M-Y-K-E. Mike is the host of a bunch of great shows here on Relay FM as well. You can find... Federico Online, Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. You can find me on Twitter as ISMH, and I write 512pixels.net, and also all of us are on a bunch of shows at Relay. Who are we kidding? We all have <laughs> multiple projects, um, so you can check all, all those out as well. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week who made the show possible, Hello, Hover, and ExpressVPN. Until our next episode, gentlemen, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Adios.